Okay, so I love anime. I love anime. I love manga. I read Mawa. I read Wushu. Um, I read Mahua, which is Wushu. Um, so I, I have problems <laughs> when it comes to my obsession with this stuff. Hardcore otaku. I say that till the day I die. Um, and I actually enjoy how manga and anime uh, is structured rather than that of American comics. Um, American comics can be whatever and do whatever, and honestly, your interpretation of a character can easily be screwed up by just one new artist version of a comic book. Um, case in point, um, what is it, the, uh, One Last Day? What is that thing with Spider-Man where basically sold a soul to the devil? And that's the stupidest thing he would ever possibly do? Yeah, and it's like, that's just one artist's interpretation of Spider-Man. And then it ruins so much for that character. But it's not like that was the end-all, be-all for his character. Um, you also have the Clone Saga, which for whatever reason is so, so many people just, is basically is popular in infamy. And for whatever reason, the people at Marvel still believe that that's something that should be um, brought up and catered to because it matters. When it's not, people hated it. That's why if they talk about it, it's like they talk about it because they hate it. Uh, the good stuff isn't necessarily talked about as much. It's either you're great and you're talked about or you're hated so much that you're talked about. But the people who run everything are so fucking backwards that they sit there and go... Well, they obviously like it. That's why they're talking about it. And just, you know, they, they off to the races. So, you got to deal with that when American comics. With anime and manga, they're all one story. They have separate off um, stories and whatnot. You know, you got the the Fate games and the Fate Stay Night stuff. But that, you know, I'm, I'm bringing up that as an example. But those were based off of visual novels and these um, video games that they had that had these overarching and branching stories and whatnot. So, that's really like one of the few examples that you could possibly give to where, you know, you could take a story and go anywhere with it. But even that has its own linear presence. So, my my thing with that is that I like the fact that with manga and anime, it's, it's final. You know, once you get to the end, once it's all over with, whatever random thing you want to make up, eh, you just... It's not something that's taken into, you know, this is what else you could think of. It's like, no, 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 no. It was final. You just added this on for money. And it was like, we all know this was done for money. There's nothing you can say about it. And and I, I generally enjoy that when it comes to anime and manga. Uh, you know, like throwing in a story and being like, well, this is happening right after this took place, but not before this took place. And it's like, well, the story ended when this took place, so you implementing this story here, just let me know that, you know, this is all bullshit, you know, you can do whatever you want, have fun with the characters, that's cool, but it's all real bullshit, like, it's still bullshit, um, it's not real, um, per se, uh, case in point, uh, Dragon Ball Super, um, yeah, I hate Dragon Ball Super, it ain't real, <laughs> Oob is supposed to exist, that's, that's all I'm gonna say about that, and that's all, the, <laughs> that's all that they need to be, um, also, there's only been ever one Super Saiyan, so that, that's the other one, that's, that's the other one, that's all I'm gonna say about Super, that's all I'm gonna say about Super. Also, there were five Supreme Kais, and so there's no possible way that Beerus could possibly exist, because Boo's going around killing everything, and he was sensing anything that was strong and just immediately wiping it out, that's all I'm gonna say, that's all I'm gonna say about that, that's all I'm going to say about that.
that's it. That's as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the thing about manga and anime that realistically is, is like as much as I like it, I hate so much about it as well. Um, there's just so many problems and so many issues that they have with it. But realistically, it wasn't until they actually started to expand in showcasing anime to other cultures and other people that it got out of its funk. But the problem with that was that essentially up until that point, anime was in a stagnant place to where everything was basically just done and reiterated in terms of just selling money um, and just in terms of selling and making money. So then the concept of the cliche started to boom and just go crazy. So realistically, you got an overabundance of anime just fitting the same type of motif with no with nothing being different or done differently. Uh, until they expanded, and when anime got it, um, put in front of a brand new audience, and they got to see, pick and choose what exactly they like, which is what started making anime more money, is when they started to change up their formula. Awkwardly enough, this is this only took place when they purchased Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, and a few other anime over here in America to showcase. They were cheaper to get. Because in Japan, they did so badly. They, they, they were terrible shows that flopped tremendously. Cowboy Bebop was notoriously bad. And uh, it just, it, it just like, a lot of money went into it. Because you could tell that by the animation. But it just, it did not make what they wanted it to make. And it did, it's just, it did not have any type of fandom or focus or anything like that. So then it was easily cheap and being able to be picked up by um, America. And so then they showcased it over here when people got to see it. Now Cowboy Bebop is held in regards as one of the greatest anime of all time. So, can you really say that when realistically on release it did terribly? And then not until other people started to appreciating it, could you say that no, it's actually good now. It's just, you know, they were wrong. Or, you know, but it's like they were the ones who made it. Those were the people who initially appreciate and showcased anime. So, Who's to say who's right and who's wrong? Well, they were wrong. <laughs> because, realistically, anime was in a stagnant place. There was nothing new, nothing different. It was new, different, endearing, and basically it changed up the formula of how anime typically plays out up at that, uh, at that point in time. And because of that, it was a fresh new take on anime. But there's no money to be made on a fresh new take on anime because everyone was just comfortable being where they are. They were comfortable with anime being the same wacky, goofy type stuff. Have lowly characters, have dude characters, a little bit of a, you know, cleavage here, booty shake there, barely a booty shake. And, you know, you just get to sit there and just immediately pump out these cheaply made cartoons and then, like, and then you just make money and you move on. You know, you box them up, make them, sell them as DVDs or VHSs and you move on. So, when something different happened, which basically was outside of the realm of how anime and manga typically play, if you've seen the space anime that they had up until that point before Cowboy Bebop came out, then you would be like, oh, now I see why this was so fucking different. Um, everything, had it to, everything had to be either about a war 
or about a character that was just too cool for school. There was no flaws in him, in his character. There was nothing that he could do that was bad or wrong. Um, what is it? Battlefleet Yamamoto? Uh, Yamato, whatever. Got like a captain dude who basically is just flawless, and but he's a pirate. And it's just like the whole thing was just, it's really cheesy. But it's incredibly popular in Japan. And then you had things like uh, Crest for the Stars, Battle for the Stars, um, that... That one dumb thing that everyone was like, you know, it's like the greatest anime of the 90s. And honestly, it it wasn't, it didn't even have an English dub. But it just, it basically was Gundam without giant robots. And even Gundam is giant robots in space, but it's dealing with the war. And that's as far as you went in terms of a space-themed anime. It just, it always had to involve a war of some sort, as well as just a, a ship and a few characters that you would key in on, and that was it. While as with Cowboy Bebop, small ship, no war, group of bounty hunters who have to randomly go after people, each situation and each cause is just random burst of no overarching story of connecting that ends a war or anything like that, but just, you know, random excerpts of them chasing down bounty hunters. And then just a few episodes here and there that just bring in together the, the storyline of one of the characters. Hell, a lot of the characters had their, like, a huge chunk of their story just kind of be explained in one episode. Faye, I believe she had two where it explained where she came from and another one of what she did when she woke up. Um, Edward explained what her father does. Jet had a whole thing with his ex-wife. And, and like, all of these were one episodes. But the other ones um, were more so involved and focused on Spike who was the particular main character of Cowboy Bebop. So, I'm gunning into this right now, and I'm not even really getting to the point of what I want to talk about. I feel bad, but it's, it's in my nature. Um, so, realistically, as just, just proving the fact that like they had... And it's like, what, what I explained with Cowboy Bebop was different. It was new, it was amazing. The characters weren't designed to be small, chibi, cute things. They were adults, you know. They were grown and shown in different uh, drawing styles. You know, most characters in Cowboy Bebop don't look the same. as Like, if you just swap out the hair or the, the color of their skin, then, you know, it would be like a totally different character. No, with Cowboy Bebop, they were legit different characters everyone was designed differently everyone had more humanizing traits um, added to them they had more things that they brought to the table rather than just being a typical cliche more so you know there were characters you got to know and you got to like and you were very enjoyable so why is it that that didn't hit in japan i don't know i really i, I couldn't tell you you know <laughs> it's just like i said if you look out if you look up what else was out during that time when that came out? And then you compare them, you know, you'll see exactly from what Japan thought what was popular to what actually holds true today. Things that are fleshed out and pushed out in that, you know, repetitive copy and paste, like, hey, this is just like this, so I'm going to make this, it's similar to this, push it out there, people will eat it up. You know, it's like, it's a copy-paste mentality, and... But it's like none of those things hold up in the long running of what's actually or what would be taken as actually popular or good as far as anime's aficionados are concerned. Um, for as many DBZ clones there are, none of them will ever be remembered as well as Dragon Ball Z. 
Um, and then that's the greatest anime of all time. So you understand, like you know, it's like as many as much as you might want to copy it, you'll never do better than it because all you're doing is copying, it, and everyone will still have that to be compared to. But when you have something like Cowboy Bebop, it's not a copy of anything. The setting is similar to a lot of other anime that involve being in space, but that's just the setting. But it's not copying anything. It's its own original thing. A bounty hunter scenario, you know, you can get that from any type of cowboy movie or show or something like that. But having it be an episodic thing with a bounty hunter motif, cowboy movies don't do that. They're fucking movies, you know? They only have the one bounty that you could possibly go after. That's the whole movie. So let's say we separate all the cowboy bounty hunter movies and stick them all together in these short bursts of episodes. And you got Cowboy Bebop. And that's amazing. And uh, also, essentially, what you have with Trigun, which is just, uh, that's just like a fresh bed of lettuce right there. <laughs> and it just was, just hated. But Trigun is beloved. So, very, you know, it's weird. when you just, you know, you take a step back and look at things. And it's just, it's weird in how they function and how they structure and how they try to keep things going with anime. Um, even Neon Genesis Evangelion, which in all regards was one of the greatest anime of all time. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion was plagued with budget cuts, constant, like, just constant beratement from the studio to even try to get it done. And just like a horrible time schedule to where they just had to rush everything at the very end. And for whatever reason, it is held in, in the highest regards in anime ever. But when you look into exactly what all went down with the show and then what they did with some of the things that make people just gush whenever they talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion, it's hilarious. Like, uh, there's this part where um, Shinji has to kill the guy who was an uh, uh, angel. Don't remember his name. And then Shinji was holding him in his hand in his Ava. And then he had to, like, snap his neck to kill him. And uh, there's just a long, a long, like, five-minute pause of, like, just this background orchestra music being played while you, you don't hear no talking, no dialogue, or nothing like that. But basically, the point that's supposed to be driven home is the fact that this is Shinji coming up like he's being mentally wracked with deciding to either kill this guy that basically he became friends with or, you know, let them go, but which in turn could possibly destroy the world. And it's just like, it's just a long pause of music being played, and it's just building up the tension and the suspense of exactly what is happening. And I remember the first time I seen that, and I heard someone talking about it, and it was like, man, that was just powerful. And it was like, like this was, like, it was, like, it was seeing the thing explain it, and it was like, that was just such a powerful scene in a moment to have that be so long, and it's just, hyping up the suspense, and it was like, even though it was long and nothing happened, I just, I couldn't stop watching, and I was like, oh man, like that, it was like, yeah, that's true, like, it was like, first time seeing it, I agree, like, that was crazy, and then, then you come to find out that the reason it was long like that is because they ran out of money for animation budget, <laughs> and so, they just, they just had that scene play, they threw an orchestra track over it, and they just stretched it out so they could finish the episode, but they had no more money to continue animating for that episode. And if that ain't the dumbest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> and, and so. And it's like you're basically an accident. That someone took upon themselves. To praise as this 
um, powerful piece of artistry and everything. And it was like, no, it was a total accident. <laughs> just, just a happy accident. Even the last episodes of Evangelium were just these, these quick, easy whatevers because they ran out of money for the animation budget. And so it just became an overlay of these words that really had no meaning into the overall story. And the only way for them to fix this was to make a bunch of movies to truly end the series the way how they tried to end it. And it's just it's just sad. <laughs> it's just really sad when you look at it. But basically, something like that was hold in the highest regards of anime um, in Japan. While as things like Cowboy Bebop and Trigun weren't. You know, when as if you used to ask an American audience, they... Typically, you get more of a flack, like, there's more negative aspects of Evangelion towards American audience than you would if you were to ask them, like, what they liked about Ninja's Evangelion in comparison to Cowboy Bebop or something like that. And, and again, it just, it all boils down, in my opinion, just that stagnant mentality, you know? And it was like, Ninja's Evangelion was unique and different for what it was, but barely any money was put into it. They didn't really care for it. And at the time, it was something that was just a bleh. But over time, the popularity and the backing that it got from people looking at it and appreciating it, which is from a bunch of happy accidents, <laughs> which is what led to them getting a movie, which was a backlog of basically a bunch of the episodes. So they were cheaply able to just take the episodes, cut them up, and then turn it into a movie. And then they got money for that. And then they were actually able to get that money and then turn, make what was truly the actual ending to Evangelion. And then that's what they presented to people as a movie, which made them even more money. And so then just franchising and selling shit just catered to that as well, you know, just being able to sell toys and whatnot. But all of that is, should be taken into account when it comes to making anime, manga, and whatnot. But... Typically it isn't, and this is where my problem lies, he says 18 minutes into his rant, dumbass. Uh, my problem with anime and manga lies with the fact that currently, right now, we're in a moment of it being stagnant. There is nothing that is currently out in manga and anime that is any different or any better than anything that came out uh, 10 years ago. Uh, more so everything has been copied, everything has been um, redid and reused we're now more so genre hopping than we are um, innovating in terms of anime and manga and I find it atrocious um, I can't I can't wrap my brain around the fact of why anime does this but if you look at anime as a whole it does this quite often and essentially there's going to be an earthquake shaking event that will lead to anime actually changing up its formula and doing other stuff but then it will become stagnant again as it'll just start doing the new stuff over and over and over again and it's just it's a rinse and repeat cycle that's incredibly egregious to look at um, as, as of late, the last type of, uh, big genre shift was isekai, and, um, 
And if you don't know what isekai is, like, just pick a random anime, and most likely it'll be an isekai. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how much isekai is stuff in anime now. But the, the thing is that when isekai first started, I greatly enjoyed it. I love the concept of an isekai. Um, taking your knowledge from this world, going to another world, and then just have at you. It's like, yeah, that's amazing. But then it became stagnant. It became stale because everyone copied the whole concept of an isekai. And then it just became, you know, add a small little gimmick to the concept of an isekai. And that's a whole new thing. That'll be a whole new identity and it'll make it a much better story. And it didn't. It, it never did. They all were just the same crap. And it's like because they had to copy the same cliches that they've been copying anime ever since. But now, since it's in an isekai, the crap that's been, you know, it's like you add a gimmick, but you add in the same crap, and then you sell it and market it as it's something new and different. And then it's just, you rinse and repeat that every fucking time that they make an isekai. You are, it is incredibly hard to find an isekai that does not fit or have the same criteria as um, main character gets summoned to another world, he has to fight a demon king, he then makes a party of people who will help him fight a demon king. He has to learn and use some type of new power. Sometimes they're given to him as a game-based um, power structure. To where it's like he can see a menu, stats, and whatnot. Um, and then there's also the possibility of him being an OP character. So he's incredibly strong, but the journey to fight the demon king is still a journey nonetheless. Or he's incredibly weak, and now he has to learn how to be able to fight the demon king. But the fact that he is the one that is the hero is one of the driving forces behind people helping him and urging him on to get stronger so he can be the one to fight the Demon King because he is the one that's supposed to fight the Demon King. What I just said is the fucking story to Dragon Quest. <laughs> Dragon Quest is a video game that came out God knows how long ago. And so basically all Isekais did would take the story of Dragon Quest and instead of making the main character born into the role of being a hero and so he's destined to be the hero go off and get his party and then that's how he defeats the Demon King you just bring in a brand new character from our world to play that role of the main character from Dragon Quest that's it, that's it, that's all that's all that Isekai is now that's all that they do and it's incredibly dumb because of the fact that it's like yes, the the uh, the imagination and the wish fulfillment of having a regular person being thrust into that role and doing what they do, yes, that is, that's fantastic. Like, that is something that's like, yeah, wish fulfillment. And that's as, as the best as you can get in terms of something like that actually happening. And, and it's like, yeah, that's cool. I, I understand and I like that concept. But... The wish fulfillment goes away when now the character is less a character that will be someone from our world taken over into a fantasy world and more so now a cliche anime protagonist that will be taken into a fantasy world. In which case we're not getting the wish fulfillment anymore. We're getting a substandard being that was essentially created to flesh out and put out quick, easy, gimmicky jokes, the overarching, uh, perverted glances from certain people, the, the concept of being looked down upon or being the wide-eyed, 
um, hopeful, who's just, I'll fight and I'll, I have to protect my friends or I believe in myself type of deal. So then they had to start, you know, like the, then it became like, do we like, how do you mix this up? And they never did. It just became to just do that over and over again. So you just keep asking, you just keep adding more and more gimmicks to the character to try and make it different from everything else that's within the isekai genre. Crazy enough, it's literally the same thing that happened. Like they literally go through this out of every main genre that anime has ever had. Um, within, I believe now within each season, there's always one isekai from like every during every season within the four seasons um of anime there's at least like one isekai now i believe i'm not too sure and it's like even if you don't register as an isekai it is an isekai you just you just didn't you're just not registering it but it is um but it's like before that each anime every season was a harem and before that each anime every season was some type of shonen uh no not a shonen um damn what was it it was another genre that was the major boom before harem took over that and then isekai took over harem and then they just combined it isekai and harems together so now most isekai they try to shoehorn as a harem as well and it's like they none of them are what they say they are <laughs> but it's like they'll keep telling you up and down oh no this is a harem this, this is totally a harem this is totally an isekai i got you dog so it's just it's incredibly faulty because of the fact that it's just all it does is that it ruins anime and manga. I don't get to see brand new ideas and takes on stories and whatnot. You typically get that from American television. Hell, American and British television, you get that. But even if you see what they have as the um, dramas in like uh, Japan, Korea, and China... All of those, they fit the same motif. Instead of it being a brand new type of idea and story, they'll more so just be, it'll be the same particular story, more so in the um, Chinese stuff. Um, where uh, it's like if you see their uh, Wuya stuff, um, where it's like, you know, they take the Wushu ideals and everything, and then they'll apply that to like the whole, uh, what is it, like, cultivation and um, spiritual powers and things like that, sex, and not sex, S-C-X, but S-E-C-T, sect, um, and, like, having, like, different things like that. I'm from the honorable sect. I'm from the demon sect. I'm from the, the everyone is a pretty dude with long hair sect, and we fly on swords, that type of bullshit. Um, it's all of those stories are exactly the same, and they're incredibly annoying. Hell, the new gimmick now was that the big one that everyone likes, uh, it's one that basically the new gimmick that they added on was that the main characters were gay. And, you know, and it's like, I'm pretty sure for them, that's a big fucking deal. But, you know, I live in America <laughs> where they have been gays on TV for God knows how long. But, you know, it's just the main focus of their story is that that the main characters are gay. But everything else is exactly the same as any other Wuya. It's just, instead of the the lover story, it's just the fact that it's just another dude. You replace the dude with the woman, and then it's like, that's it. But it's still the same story structure as all the other Wuyas. So, that it's and it's like, like, that's incredibly stagnant. It's incredibly stagnant. There's nothing to that. It's just, it's not going anywhere. It's not doing anything new and innovative. I 
don't like watching Wuyas. And it's like, as much as I enjoy when they have, like, superpowered beings and using abilities and fighting and stuff like that, yeah, the graphics and the fight scenes are amazing. They're cool. I, I adore them. But there's nothing to it because the stories play out exactly the same. Their pseudo um, belief on what romance is is exactly the same. Their constant um, need of expressing everything being exactly black and white is exactly the same. There's never any room of like a gray area in terms of understanding anything. It's either you're with the good guys or you're with the bad guys. Bad guys want bad stuff. Good guys want nothing because they're good. And they just they just want everything to be peaceful. So, <laughs> and it's like, you, you look at those things, and again, it's like, that shit carries over because that's, that's their media. That's what they look at. That's what they enjoy. But again, there's no room for growth. Everything is completely stagnant. It's just where it is. It's just stuck in place. It's stuck in mud. And I can look at some Wuyas and basically... They will be incredibly interesting. Um, uh, the name escapes me. But there's one where it's like it's two orphan boys go to a, a sect or whatever. One boy was almost killed and he had to get the power of a demon inside of him. Basically an evil power inside of him in order for him to um, live. And then while he was in the sect, there was like he's not able to do the good abilities or whatnot, and so because of that, they kind of just treated him like he was an idiot, and then so he became more so an idiot, and just kind of dumb, and off to the side, and whatnot, but then you come to find out that he has, like, three different types of energies inside of him, and he's incredibly powerful and strong, and then he falls in love with the daughter of a guy of the, like, the leader of the evil people, and to which case, he starts to meet and know these people and all that and then he starts to learn that yeah they're not bad people it's just that the people who i'm a part of that are the good guys perceive them as bad and simply because of the fact that they fight and they and because they're always winning they believe for themselves to be in the right but he's like i've met this girl she's innocent she's nice i love her there's nothing wrong with her she's just a part of this clan that we all call evil and he's like but we don't need to fight and i really enjoyed that series it was really great it ended weird <laughs> like they all do but it was it was really good it was a really amazing um series he had like a pearl and he had like he had to put his blood in it and then it went to a staff that he always cooked with god damn it was then i cannot remember the name of it. this i love that series like that was that's one of my favorite uh williams that i've ever watched that i really liked it had like two seasons um and like uh Stuff like that, you know, but it's like, again, I look at another Wuya, and it'll basically fit the same motif as just a typical one. And even the one that I said that I liked, only thing that was different about it, the gimmicky thing about it was essentially the fact that the main character fell in love with a girl that was just from a different, that was from the clan of bad guys. So rather than it being that she was from, you know, she basically was perceived as the beauty that was unreachable and he had to fight his way to reach her they literally played that out exactly the same it's just that when everything was all said and done and it was all over with the girl he would run to would be the girl that was a part of the evil people and then the girl that was supposed to be held in such high regard he never even really like you know she had deep feelings for him but he didn't go running to her or cared about doing anything to please her but they couldn't even write that out of the story because essentially it still did that for her. It's just that she 
was jealous of the of the other girl because he liked her. Ah, man, it was, it was a good show. It was okay for it was a good show. But in most stories, and it's like that's how they all play out. Do do Wuya's stuff is like, and it's like this connects to the anime. This connects to anime because again, it's it's all of that is their media. It's all connected. It's all put into that perspective bubble. And until that bubble pops, they never do anything else. But when the bubble pops, all they do is they just move to another fucking bubble. And instead of just being completely innovative and flowing freely to allow for brand new ideas and the brand new infrastructures to penetrate anime and manga, they just keep going to a new bubble. What's the next big genre that everyone's talking about? Bam, move over to that bubble. In uh, Chinese comics, um, uh, Wu Ya, I mean not Wu Ya, uh, uh, Mahua, in uh, in Mahua's the new uh, genre that they keep constantly doing is the um, cultivator going back in time, um, and essentially it's just the time travel thing, to where um, essentially it's time travel, but uh, it's an age regression time travel. So they're already these like, thousand-year-old guy-like deities who've been incredibly powerful, but then they just somehow, through some type of betrayal or whatever, go back in time to when they were, like, 18 or 16 in high school, and and then it's like, now they're building themselves up to get to where they were, but now they know the tricks and the, the tricks of the trade, and they just remember all of this stuff, and they got all this knowledge from when they were old, and now they're going to use and implement that to become these amazing, great people and whatnot. Now, there are literally hundreds, I mean hundreds, of Chinese comics that have that main outline of a story. And out of all of these hundreds that have that story, uh, hell, it's not even hundreds, probably thousands. Because a lot of them come from light novels. And then they're just now being turned into comics. But, um, so, like, probably thousands, tens of thousands, I, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's like, it, there's a lot. And then I read a bunch of them. I actually do. I read, I read a lot of them. And it's like, out of all the ones that are actually interesting, possibly, I mean, quite possibly, out of the thousands that I've read, it's possibly like, uh, like 10, 10 or 11 that are actually worth a scrub for something that basically doesn't just fall into the same blanket of just being incredibly obnoxious boring they just do the exact same thing in every other comic book there's nothing new or different to it or the attitude of the main character is that of that's like you can see in every other main character is like nothing there's, just, there's nothing to it whatsoever and the ones that i actually do enjoy that are different that i like typically go against the grain of how the eastern writing goes for main characters um a main character who basically is supposedly given off the persona of having no nonsense you know and like they openly are against something or like someone is going up against them or they're you know it's like i'm treating you wrong because you're poor and like you come from a poor family i'm from a rich family which happens a lot in the chinese comics by the way and that's just a huge staple for their world and it's just ridiculous um but it's like they, they'll do something like that and then the main character will beat them up and then they'll go you know get away from me next time i see you i won't be as nice and then they'll go and 
pay someone to get revenge for them, and then the main character has to beat that person up, and then you'll be like, get away from me. Next time I see you, I won't be as nice. And that person will go to his master, and his master will come and try to get revenge, and the main character will beat him up and be like, get away from me. Next time I see you, I won't be as nice. And it's just, it's just a, and that like that same train just keeps running over and over and over again. And it's just the wackest, the wackest story ever. It's just like a bad storytelling motif. So it's like, there's never going to be any end. Because he's constantly, one, letting people live, and then two, it's just, you know, he's always going to be strong enough to face whatever brand new challenge comes towards him. But there's never any threat or anything where it's like you're on the edge of the seat thinking that, oh, he might die. Or, oh, like, oh no, he might lose his fight. No, I know he's going to win the fight because he's supposed to be his OP cultivator from the future. I mean, yeah, that comes back into the past. Um, and he's just now in the, in the body of like a 20-year-old or a 16-year-old boy. And now he's defined the expectations of these 100-year-old men who've been fighting and training their whole lives. And he's sitting there going like, oh, you can't beat me. And they like, the the, the typical phrase in uh, the Chinese comics is, uh, you don't know how high heaven is. <laughs> or you're a, uh, you're a frog trying to eat swan meat. And <laughs> you get, oh, you... It's just them, them and their fucking quotes. Like the shit gets old super fast, but they have people repeating it over and over and over again, and there's nothing wrong with them repeating it. And it's like, oh my god, like don't you feel it? There's just this is the overuse of this, <laughs> but it's like they'll just keep using it, and it's hilarious. But those stories all are incredibly boring. There's nothing to them. They're just incredibly boring. They all fit within the same structure of a main character. Just it's kind of being led. By nothing. He's driven by nothing. He already knows that he's going to be where he's going to be. And you already know he's going to get there. Whether or not that situation has started because he was either betrayed or he was killed or he died. And then he's just trying to work his way back up to the top. It doesn't really fucking matter. It doesn't matter. Because there's there's nothing to it. There's, there's nothing interesting about the character. They all are literally a blank slate that plays out exactly the same. Their only main focus is the cultivating thing. And so, because of that, there's nothing to their characters. While as the ones that I like are characters who are driven by greed, hate, they're incredibly obnoxious, they're incredibly uh, um, evil, essentially. <laughs> A lot of them are evil. They're, they do things the way they don't care. Um, what is it? The Urban Immortal Cultivator? That's one of my favorites. And the main character on there kills people as if it is nothing. Like, he could give two shits who you are, who you say you are, or what you're about. And he just murks people all the time. And I love it. Someone but like someone tried to kill him, and it made him upset because it almost got his family hurt, or his mom almost got killed. And then he just got so upset by it that he killed the guy, took the dude's blood, and then did a spell to where everyone who's related to the guy by blood immediately burst into flames and died. And he just wiped out the entire family that's connected to the guy. To make sure that no one would do something like that again. <laughs> like, I was like, I love him so much. He is so much better than everyone else. But, and then when the situations come up to him to where he has to fight people, it's not because he let someone go who brings in someone stronger to attack him or fight him. It's because in his quest to get stronger, he openly confronts and pisses off people who are also trying to get stronger. And then he, to him, it's, well, I'm more important than you. Get away from my shit. Like, I'm going to use this. You're not. And then, like, they'll have confrontations and whatnot. And, and like, I, I love 
that urban and molten uh, cultivator. That that's a really good one. But it's just outside of the realm of that weird stagnant stuff that they got going on in the eastern uh, media's and their storytelling. And it's like you know there is there is a great difference behind our typical storytelling and their storytelling. As more so with their stuff, everything stems from like the journey to the west type of thing. So everything is, uh, it's about the journey, not about the destination. You know, and it's like, you know exactly what the destination is supposed to be. But the journey of this destination, you know, before they get to the destination, is what's supposed to be the compelling thing of the story that you're supposed to learn and grow and care about. You learn about these characters. You start liking these characters. You care more for these characters and whatnot and what happens to them. And you're happy at the end of it to see them reach their goal. Um, more so what's driving a lot of people behind watching I mean, watching and reading One Piece, you know? And it's like, when they get to the end, yeah, I mean, finally happened. But you're like, you know they're going to see One Piece. We all know they're going to get One Piece at one point in time. You'll, you'll subvert the expectations if you uh, don't let Luffy become King of the Pirates. But by all means, I'll be pissed. <laughs> and it's like, as much as I love that guy, like, he better become King of the Pirates. But the crazy thing about like you know that being their main focus of storytelling while with us a big part of our storytelling became like superheroes you know more so characters who always stand for truth and justice and fight and there's like more so with action characters who always get the girl people who always um end up winning at the end you know and it's like there's a journey yes but the main focus is this one particular character the one character that's the main focus uh, in the Harry Potter books, you know, there's so many characters' names that you can mention in Harry Potter, but you cannot deny that the main focus is Harry Potter, you know? Like, if you get rid of Harry, Harry Potter, is the, the, can the story still continue? And you can say that for stuff like in The Journey of the West. You can say that for a lot of Eastern stories, where it's like, you know, if you remove one particular character, is can the journey still keep going? And it's like, yeah, like, it, they'll have to. <laughs> it's like there's multiple times in the journey to the west where uh su wukong will get mad at the uh saint and he'll like leave the group out of anger um because of his lack of appreciation or whatever but then he'll still return because he does still care about them and then it's like yeah he's hot temperamental we know about we know all about that because of su wukong but at the same time he's still that's still their brother he's still their friend that's his master he cares about him he's gonna come back but it's like, we get to see that because you know that this is his character and whatnot. So, things like that. Uh, hell, even, um, what, like, the Greek stories that you would have, most, more of their, most of their characters, they have long, crazy storylines about this ridiculous journey. Um, the Odyssey is the, the main one I can think of. It's like this big, long story about this crazy-ass journey. But in the Odyssey, the only character that matters is Odysseus. Because it's the only one who lives at the end of everything. You knew he had crew and people who um, helped him out. But all of them died <laughs> at the end of the Odyssey. Only he survived. You know, in his long, year-long journey to try and get back home. Like, only only he survived. And it's like, again, just one particular character that you care about. And it's just about what this character is willing to do to accomplish whatever goal he sets out to accomplish. Not the journey. It's just what he's going through and what he's going to do in order to accomplish whatever goal he got. Because there is no journey. It's just, you know, you give him a goal, this is how he's going to finish it. That's it. So, and it's like, 
because of the fact that we have that type of storytelling, or we, we come from that type of storytelling, and then we're introduced into stuff like anime and manga and whatnot, it just opened the door for so much to be added on and given to our stories and everything. Um, to where you can see that in a lot of stuff, to, um, where they started implementing things like typical Japanese humor or like animation styles and whatnot in American cartoons. Um, or just even having long episodic journeys within our cartoons that actually play out really well as long as we have our storytelling um, grounded under both aspects. Uh, Avatar Last Airbender does this perfectly. Does it perfectly. Crazy ass long journey. You know about the prophecy from the beginning and whatnot. Um, and it's like all of this shit is going to play out. We all know it's going to play out, but we're watching the journey of this little boy up until that point. And what's endearing is the little boy and the people that are traveling with him. Crazy thing is, is that, you know, true to his nature, because it is Western, within Avatar Last Airbender, the main character is Ang. A driving force behind everything that he does is through his friends and the, the relationships he built up with other people along the way. And then he does travel with his own group of friends. But if you take away Aang, then Avatar Last Airbender has no point. But if you take away any of the other characters, eh, you know, you kind of replace them with someone else. So it still fits that same motif, but it was greatly influenced by Eastern writing and Eastern storytelling. So, you know, perfect, a wonderful blend, because it's a fantastic show. Korra sucks, but <laughs> um, Avatar Avatar's a fantastic show, but... I just, I do not like the fact that anime itself is just, you know, there is no growth from them being exposed to far more Western uh, storytelling and whatnot. You know, because we know they get our movies. They get our movies. <laughs> you know, and it's like, they get our movies, damn it. But you, you cannot deny that it's just, when it comes to anime, Everything is just in a place to where it's like now they just they just um, adapted to reaching a Western audience, but the Western audience adapted into what anime is willing to present as anime. So essentially, and it's a fault on our part as well because we we cater to the shit. Um, where essentially you take in anything that's presented as anime, you look at it, you accept it, and you acknowledge it as anime. Because there's no recourse for not liking it, to dismissing it, or saying that this isn't good, there's no recourse of that from a Western audience. The only possible people who could do that are the Eastern audience. But it's already being made and catered to the Eastern audience. It's just that the Western audience has to get used to what the Eastern audience is already accepting. Do you know what I'm saying? Am I making any sense? I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I, I think I'm making some sense. Um, so, essentially you will have moments to where an anime will randomly come out that's just against the grain of how anime is typically presented in Japan. And essentially, that'll be the big blow-up. That's the thing that defies all expectations and becomes the main focus of an anime here in the West. And this happens every fucking time. Currently, it is uh, Demon Slayer. Because Demon Slayer's animation and story are against the grain of what typically is presented as anime from Japan. So now everyone is on Demon Slayer's dick. Before that, it was My Hero Academia. My Hero Academia took the concept of superheroes, which is a Western concept, 
and then it issued that into the Eastern storyteller. And then now that became a big thing that everyone jumped on Western-wise because it's different from everything else that basically is like a Dragon Ball Z clone or anything that's using utilizing magic to where they're trying to basically copy and fairy tale or whatever. So now it's like, okay, now this is different. This is new. But then they still stipulate and they give you typical anime uh, motifs and cliches and whatnot because, hey, it's still presented as an anime. It's just more so a little bit different. But because of the fact that it's still a little bit different is what makes people jump onto it so much. Um, before My Hero Academia was Attack on Titan. And with Attack on Titan, the main thing was the fact that you're dealing with a main, um, an anime that's basically being presented to you as a high-octane action flick with an element of intense horror. So, by doing that, and then showing this, the goriest stuff that they do show within Attack on Titan, it all fits so well with being something so fucking different. The human race was not winning. They were on the losing end. I, like, contrary to popular uh, anime's um, takes, where normally, like, you know, the monsters slowly are trying to rise up, but the humans are constantly pushing them back. Um, where it's rare when you see that they're being overrun, or they're losing, or they're not in a stable place, you know, like, everything is still chaotic with them. It's very rare to see that in anime. And when it does happen, it typically always revolves around a horror um, concept or whatever. But, again, even still, it's like, it's rare to have that and then to not have typical anime cliche, um, gimmicky type stuff, you know, cute, cutesy, young little girls or um, ridiculous, uh, the ridiculous concept of lowly, overly sexualizing characters, um, having a main character in ridiculous sexualized parts where you could just easily do slapstick laughs and whatnot. You know, with, with Attack on Titan, you didn't, you're not supposed to get that. You get the severity of their situation. Um, you get this, like, you just get the intense, um, the intensity that what their situation is and what's being brought to them by the characters on how they showcase that. And that resonated with the Western audience. They wanted more. But then in Japan, because of how they felt with it, it, it took them, what, four years to even make the second season? And by that time, no one cared. You know, they moved on. <laughs> like, we get so much stuff and we're in an age to where media has to be presented to us quick. Otherwise, we move the fuck on. And uh, even with Demon Slayer, right, right now they're focusing on a movie. And honestly, like I've stated before, you know, doing a movie in place of continuing on with the anime is idiotic. It's a moneymaker um, for the animation studio, but it's idiotic in terms of keeping the story relevant within anime itself. Um, what, Konosuba made a movie like a year ago? I don't even know when the next Konosuba is supposed to come out, but it's like they could have been came out but instead they had to make a movie and it's like the movie wasn't even you know it's like it was funny it was good but it's like yeah they could have easily chopped that up into episodes and been done with it but hey you know and it's like will it fall off will there be anything else that'll come out that'll be like as funny or if not funnier than uh Kona Super? hey who knows most likely possibly but that's how anime functions you get that one rare drop that goes through the filter of all the other bullshit in anime. That basically is something that everyone in a Western audience is thirsty for. 
And then what happens is that when that one rare thing that slips through the crack comes out and we all start hyping it up and we love it and we, and you know, in the Western audience is like, it's like, oh man, this is great. This is why I love anime. Like keep bringing more stuff of that. Anime themselves and manga look at that and they go, well, we just need to make more of that. And so then they just keep making more of that until it becomes oversaturated and no one wants to see it anymore because everyone knows that this is being copied from the one thing that was popular and they're just shoving it in your face because they believe that that's what you really want to see when what you want to see is just different you just want to see different stuff you want to see different things you want to see anime go out of its comfort zone you want to see them break grounds and um, go against the grain of being able to kill kids or having giant robot fights that aren't just gundam you know <laughs> and it's like having having characters that get decimated or having characters that rise up or are considered weak and pathetic and then are shine like you know they shine up as greater than the main character stuff like that you know stuff that just anything that would stipulate that it's different but anime doesn't do that they just go by what's popular so until the next thing that goes through the cracks that's showcased and is proven to be different that everyone jumps on and then they'll sit there and go well that's what's that's what they want Let's do more of that. You know, they'll just keep constantly doing this over and over and over again. That's the bubble that they put themselves in with anime. And I'm, I'm sad that it's gotten like that. So one of my, one of the things that I was incredibly hopeful for was the introduction of the um, Webtoons uh, anime. And that was uh, Tower of God, God of High School, and Noblesse. Um, Noblesse hasn't come out yet. As of me making this um, podcast. Noblesse has not yet come out yet. Tower, um, God of High School, I believe, is in like on its seventh, seventh or eighth episode. Um, and God and then Tower of God is finished. Just mixing them both up. <laughs> they like their gods. They do that. That Korea. They like their gods. But um, I have so much hope for these stories to do well because Korean um, manga. Uh, Mawas, uh, they're actually different. They're very different from Japanese mangas. Because again, Japanese mangas tend to become incredibly stagnant. Korean mangas, on the other hand, happen to have a hell lot of more wiggle room in terms of what they can all, what they push out and what they allow to be made. Because there's not such an influence and not such a you know, a gripe on their mangas being either turned into anime or like, you know, their their publisher desperately needing that shit to be on a strict schedule in order to flesh out money and whatnot. So because of that, there is a big amount of wiggle room in, in a lot of their stories. And it makes them far more compelling because of it. Now, that's not to say that they are flawless. By all means, God, no. Uh, the webcomics alone tend to go on incredibly long. Hell, I'm reading God of High School now, and I hate it. I, I just fucking hate it. I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm like 30 chapters away from catching up, and I'm just pissed. But I told myself I was going to catch up. Only reason I'm not not reading it is I told myself I wanted to catch up. And it's just like I'm hating the whole trip. And it's like I was interested in God of High School in the beginning, and now it just became this ball of crap whereas like everything is just such a freaking 
That's a, that's a good word. Tease. That's it. Tease. It's, it's like one of the biggest tease stories I've ever read. Ever. To where it's like, if, and it's like, to where it's just, it keeps hyping up. If the main character was at his full power, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. And that's basically the rundown of every fucking fight. Is that everyone who's fighting is not at 100%. Everyone that's fighting and doing stuff is not. It's just a tease. And it's like, it is incredibly unbearable. And the only thing that I have going for it is the action and the fighting. Um, And even that gets real stale after a while. But the animation for it and like what they're doing for the anime you know and it's like yeah the highlight of it would be the action so as long as they keep that going by all means yeah it could be you know it could be held in ridiculous high regard crazy thing is now is that it's not doing that well that anime that's proven to be more popular than it is actually a japanese anime and this is crazy because tower god was actually bigger than any anime that came out last season but for this season, God of High School is actually behind a few uh, anime. And um, the new, like the biggest anime out right now is one about uh, a demon king who <laughs> goes 2,000 years in the future. And it's just this OP crazy main character who keeps killing people and then bringing them back to life. Like it ain't nothing because he believes they're nothing and he's the demon king. And I love it. <laughs> it's like I love I love every minute of it. I find it hilarious. It's ridiculous. And like everything about it is just is dumb. Is is really dumb. But and then it's and then it, it comes from a light novel, which was the other thing that anime decided to take from rather than just manga, because the new thing became light novels because they became big. And like yeah, I know about it. I just I forgot to mention it. But yeah, like they start taking from light novels and one of the mo- one of the main things in light novels is um isekai so that's why isekai blew up as much as it did um so that that's why that happened um oh and another chinese um manga that's the age regression time travel thing that's um the one that got me to like it and put me on this track that i really enjoyed the uh chinese um comics was uh, Tales of Demons and Gods. And that one is still to this day, I'm like 400, there's like 400 and some chapters. And it's still interesting. Um, everything else kind of gets stale and stagnant after a while. But that's still interesting 400 chapters in. And I'm still like on my, like on pins and needles trying to see like what's happening. And I, I love it. I love every minute of it. Tales of Demons and Gods is dope. If you want, it does have a show. They started making 3D um like these 3D animation shows for a lot of uh, Chinese comics, and um, a few of them are good. A few of them are good. The ones that they give main focus to are kind of eh. Ones like Soul Lad. Soul Lad is so stupid. Um, but like Tales of Demons of Gods, it, it's actually better than a lot of stuff. But it's on like a thing where like like each episode is like seven minutes long. But it's done had. It's, it's on its fourth season right now. So, trust me, like, look them up. Look it up. Like, you can see, like, the seasons are about, like, three hours and some long. So, it's a it's a good little watch. But that's a it's a really good story, and I really enjoy it. Um, just, that's just a declaration of love right there. <laughs> but, um, so it, it's, I'm, I'm very perplexed with what anime is doing currently. I'm very concerned at 
how it's going because I want the introduction of webtoons and webcomics to be the bubble, to be the next thing that pops the current bubble that anime is in right now because there's nothing really interesting that's out. Nothing that that's worth even to look at. Nothing new, nothing innovative. Most stuff comes out is from like these random offbeat manga that then Netflix will pick up and then they'll animate and then they'll say it's an original Netflix anime for some goddamn reason when it's not. Um, and it's just, they're not interesting. They're not interesting. Hell, what, one, one was a big one where it already came out before, but then they brought it out again in which Netflix started showing it and it's about a con man who got conned by a French con man. It's a Japanese con man. He was conned by a French con man and they're trying to sell these fake placebo drugs or whatever and it's just it was born the whole fucking thing was born but they play their ending song is a song sung by um the lead singer of queen and i remember someone talking about it like that mattered and i was like yeah i don't fucking care like it's just it the story is crap it's not interesting it's whack and anything you would find a better uh they did and it has a better story on anything lupon the third related and so I was like, I'm not interested in this. And, like, Lupin Third does better at representation of, like, going to other places and countries and things like that to where you just see this man get the better of people because he's supposed to be this master thief. So, yeah, what they had was really incredibly boring and dumb. And then I was like, yeah, this isn't interesting. It's not, it's not interesting at all. And it's like, yeah, when it came out, no one watched it because it's not interesting. <laughs> it's just, it's not interesting. So... You know, it was like, far be it for me to tell, you know, tell you exactly where the proof that's in the pudding, you know. But the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> it's it's right there in the pudding. You're seeing the proof, and you're telling me that, no, that's not the proof. And it's like, that's the proof. You just, you just refuse to see it. It's in the pudding. So, they, there's so much that could be done that could just take anime into a better better spectrum the fact that they would stop constantly trying to immediately grab onto a trend in order to squeeze as much money as they can out of that trend and more so just understand that the difference is what people are more so clamoring for the fact that things are different the fact that things are new you know is innovative that's what you should be clamoring for i remember when everyone loved full Metal alchemist and then when brotherhood came out like people watched it but it wasn't as big of a deal as Fullmetal Alchemist was. And Fullmetal Alchemist was just a nice, refreshing anime to get into outside of basically seeing so many anime that tried to copy the popularity of Inuyasha. And because Inuyasha was bigger than, um, was the big anime before Fullmetal Alchemist came out. You, you see what I'm saying? And it's like, that's just, that's basically, it's just a rinse and repeat motion within anime that's just been currently going on over and over and over again. And I just, I, I get tired of seeing it. I don't like looking at things that are just similar to other stuff to where I sit there and can pick and prod of exactly what a character is going to do simply based off of the knowledge of what I've seen other characters do from other properties to where I, like, I enjoy when I actually am so immersed in everything that's going on, even if someone mentions to me that, you know, they were just stealing from that. I was like, oh, I didn't even notice didn't notice, didn't even cross my mind, just, was just off on my own tangent, so, uh, wait, where we go, that's what I hope happens.
Um, and before I leave you, let me give you another uh, another good little uh, manga to possibly read if you're into something different. Um, a good manga that I would recommend is called Change One Two Three. Pretty interesting. It's actually about a girl who can fight, and she has like multiple personalities. And there's a boy that falls in love with her, and then he's um trying to get to her and things like that. But hold on a minute. Um, but definitely. Um, check that out. That's pretty good. But until then, if I have something else to talk about, I'll let you know. Um, it, until then, like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> but this has been Fun with Flame. I am your host, Daniel the Flame. As always, good people. Hope you have fun.